This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I am back with you on the other side of the Better Together Couples event. We had the most incredible time. Seriously, this event was amazing. I am just in awe of all of the creativity and inspiration that was given to me that I shared. And I was just overjoyed with the couples that showed up, their level of participation and engagement and enthusiasm behind the content and just their desire to be better together as a couple. It really was phenomenal. And that is all of the feedback that I've gotten from other people, how valuable it was both for the wives and for the husbands, right? Because let's be honest, we wives know that we're always into this stuff, (laughs) right? We're the ones wanting to talk about our relationships, wanting to set the goals, wanting to make the plans. And sometimes it feels like we're dragging our spouses along, but this was not the case there. The men were just as engaged, if not more engaged as the women. My husband was there looking so adorably cute. (laughs) You would not be happy to hear me describe him as adorably cute. He would want me to say he he was handsome. He is handsome. But we just had a really fun time. He always is hilarious because he just shows up as himself. So he had a little cocktail and really related with the other husbands who were there because their wives basically invited them to be there. Those weren't the words that he used, but I did invite him. I did not make him come. But we had an amazing time. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see a little bit of a clip that I put there from one of the videos at the event, which was a fan favorite. It was a video on the topic of acceptance, really powerful, really moving, tears were shed, and hearts were open to each other. I know that was the case. Now, if you're hearing all of this and you're like, I did not register and I want to kick myself, or you're hearing all of this and you're like, this is the first time I'm even hearing about this event. No worries. Here are two things I want to offer you. Register still. (laughs) The registration link is still up and active. So you can just go directly to drshavon.com forward slash better dash together dash couples dash event. 
and you will find it there and you can just register and be added to the list. Now, depending on when you are accessing this podcast episode, there is a couple's classroom that is part of the event and the couple's classroom is still open and available until November the 10th. So when you register and you enter into the couple's classroom, you will get all of the pre-event videos that I created. There are six of those. And you will actually see the recordings of the event. So both Friday night and all of its entirety, you could just have your own date night. Just press play and go through the exercises and the conversations just if you were there live with us. And Saturday, which was the couple's workshop, a three-hour jam-packed, super powerful workshop where you can sit like you're in class, you're enrolled, class is in session, and just be a part of the experience. So that's the first thing. Now, if you're listening to this after November the 10th, still register, same link, which we'll put in the show notes as well. And you'll be added to the notification list the next time I do this. People have been asking, when are you going to do it again? Not in 2021. That is not my plan currently. But next year, right, I will plan to do it sometime next year. I'm going to be mapping out all of my activities for 2022, which is crazy to even be saying. But definitely get on my email list or follow me on Instagram and add me to your favorites. All the things to make sure you don't miss any of the things that I am creating for you. All right, so today's podcast episode is actually inspired by some of the teaching that I shared at the event. So if you were at the event, this is going to extend and deepen what we already talked about. And if you weren't, then you will also get a peek inside my brain, how I think about the work that I do, and what is the secret sauce to helping my clients get such amazing results. Today, we're going to be talking about marriage skills. And I want you to ask yourself this question, like, what are marriage skills? Is it something you've ever thought about, something you've ever considered? Probably not, right? When it comes to relationship, when it comes to many, many life issues, we don't think of ourselves as being in need of skills, especially in marriage, because what brings you together most times is just this natural, organic connection and attraction and fondness and admiration and love for each other. It's not something you're even consciously working to create. It's just there and you get along well and you connect well and you communicate well and you love each other well. And it just feels like you're in the flow of being well matched together. But when you get married, right, and life comes in, whether that's 
work demands, adult demands, parenting demands, financial demands, you name it. It feels like the connection you had, the communication you had, all of those beginning early things that felt so easy now feel hard. It feels like work to talk to each other, to get along, to spend time together. And some people could look at that and come to the conclusion that something has gone horribly wrong. Like the relationship should just automatically be as easy as it was before. And that you shouldn't have to plan things, be intentional about things, work parts of your brain. You're not used to working. And I disagree. I don't think that is what long-term successful, happy marriages do. What I think they do is they are constantly aware of developing, cultivating, mastering specific skills to create the experience that they want. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I want you to keep in mind, what is the marriage that you want? What is the relationship with each other that you would like to have? How do you want to be feeling? How do you want to be thinking about each other and treating each other and interacting with each other? Because whatever you want, if you're not currently experiencing it, there is a gap. And that gap includes a gap in skills. So the first thing I want to do is I want to make the distinction between skills to develop in a marriage versus traits that people have. This is so important because so many times when I'm talking to my clients, They make these gross generalizations either about themselves and who they are and what their personality is like and what qualities they have and what their traits are, or they make those same gross generalizations about their spouse, right? They make, you know, just these assertions about who their spouse is and what their spouse is like what traits they have, what traits they don't have, versus looking at it as skills to develop both within themselves and skills that their spouses have the capacity to develop as well. So when it comes to thinking about traits that people have, and I want you to just bring to your own mind Traits that you believe either you or your spouse have, right? So how would you describe yourself? How would you describe your spouse, right? So when we're looking at traits that people have, there are three things that are usually included. One is we perceive those traits as fixed. Well, I'm just not a really affectionate person. My spouse is not complimentary. They're not a good communicator, right? We report those things as if they are just facts, as if they are absolute truths, and as if they are permanent conditions, 
that we're all subject to, right? So I want you to think about the traits that you would associate with yourself and your spouse if it feels like they're fixed. It's just like, yeah, that's just the way I am or that's just the way my partner is. The other thing that comes along with looking at traits that people have is this lack of choice. It's almost like it's just bestowed upon you and these are the cards you're dealt with and this is what you have to work with, right? It doesn't feel like you can sort of get yourself out of the box. This is just the package of me. This is just the package of my spouse. And the last thing that I'll say about traits that people have is we are conditioned to judge them as either good or bad, right or wrong, right? Even the traits you have of yourself, like you judge them, like, is this the right way to be or the wrong way to be? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Now, I want to contrast traits that people have with skills we want to develop, And I want you to think about skills now, right? And when we talk about skills, there are also three things. One is, I think we recognize that skills can change and evolve, right? I think about for myself, even as a business owner, like when I first started, there were just some skills that I didn't have that I didn't even think was possible for me to have. I built my first website on my own. That's crazy. (laughs) If you had asked me, you know, 10 years prior, if I thought I would have the skills to create a website, I would have laughed in your face and been like, absolutely 100% no. Period. End of story. But I did it. So you have those moments in your own life of skills you never thought you would possess. And that changed, that evolved. And there's some skills that you might have at a minimal level that you 10x to a maximum level. When it comes to skills to develop, we also consider that there will be some intentionality, right? Like you don't develop skills without being intentional about it, learning something, engaging in something, practicing something. So there's an inherent intentionality and focus and determination around skill development that just automatically comes with the territory. And then the other thing I'll say about skills is they're inherently positive, right? Like you don't think about having a skill being a negative thing. It wouldn't be called a skill. It'd be called a habit or a vice or a shortcoming, right? So what I want you to now sort of like anchor in before we have the rest of this conversation is the mindset of skill building, because that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about traits. We're talking about building skills. And before I tell you the five skills that I shared at the Better Together event, I want you to be in the right frame of mind to understand because the skills that I'm actually going to share, you might initially hear them and think they're traits, but they're skills. 
right? So the mindset of skill building is one, when you're building skills, you expect there to be a learning curve, right? You just expect if I'm building a skill, it's okay that I don't know at the beginning. There will be a learning curve where I know X amount of information on day one and then X amount of information on day 2000, whatever the case may be. 2000 is a lot of years. So maybe not that far, like two months, right? Keep it more in your brain. So you expect there to be a learning curve. The other thing in terms of the mindset of skill building is mistakes are okay, right? This is something that is touted in my house so much, right? My daughter's in second grade. We have lots of homework, lots of tears when the homework is not correct. And I'm constantly reinforcing to her, you're learning. You don't know this stuff. It's okay to make a mistake and figure it out from there. So when you know that you're learning a skill, mistakes are okay. And in addition to that, patience is a given, right? Because there's a learning curve, because there are going to be mistakes, it's sort of understood that you're going to have to be patient with yourself or with the other person learning the skill, right? Are you picking up where I'm going with this, right? So as you think about skills you might be developing or skills you would love for your spouse to be developing, you got to expect a learning curve. Mistakes are okay. Patience is a given. There are three other things that I want to share with you about the mindset of skill building. The next one is the belief that you will get there, right? Like we set out to develop skills with the belief that like with enough practice and learning and observation, whatever method we're using to master the skill that we will get there right? So either we'll get there or they will get there, right? There's a belief that in building this skill, you will arrive to a level of proficiency or a level of mastery, which is the next point that I wanted to share when it comes to the mindset of skill building is there is a point where it feels like this is enough, right? And a lot of times when it comes to skills in a marriage, People don't give that a lot of consideration. We usually think sort of like black and white thinking, like either we have this or we don't. But it is like with that learning curve, there's like incremental or quantum progress, but there is eventually a level of mastery and proficiency that should be recognized. And then the last piece that I want to offer in terms of the mindset of skill building is we have this idea that you can learn it with the right help, right? Like I remember, I think when I was taking the GREs, right, which is a graduate school entrance exam, basically. And I believed in the test preparation process that I was using. I was like, this is the right help for me. This is the support that's going to help me understand this and then be able to demonstrate that I know what I'm doing and that I have these skills. So when we're building skills, 
we expect that we'll need help and that the right help is going to get us the result, right? So that's the context that we're entering into for the next part of our conversation, which is what are the actual skills? So the way I want to share this with you is I'm going to give you the five skills and then I'm going to talk with you about how you know when you've developed some level of proficiency and mastery in the skill itself. Okay. So the five skills are self-awareness, personal responsibility, empathy slash compassion, problem solving, and communication. Right? So now you see that we have the skills why it was important for us to be able to distinguish between traits and skills. Because empathy, many of us think that that's a trait. Compassion, we think that's like a characteristic or quality that we have versus a skill that can be developed. So I want you to think about for yourself, like, are these areas in your marriage where you're like, this has to get better? If so, have you been thinking about these things as traits and not skills that actually can be learned, developed, and mastered? Okay. So let's dive into each one briefly. Self-awareness. And if you've been following me for any length of time, you will know self-awareness is one of my absolute most favorite skills. I did an entire masterclass on it. And I'm sure there is a podcast episode on it. I don't know the exact number, but definitely scroll and find it if this is something you really want to do a deep dive on. So self-awareness as a skill, remember, something that you can learn, something that with the right help, you can 100% figure out and master. And when you do have the skill of self-awareness, you will first understand what's going on with you and why you feel the way you do, why you think the way you do, and why you react the way you do. I will say for me personally, self-awareness is one of my superpowers when it comes to relationships. I am personally so self-aware of what's going on with me, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, why I'm having the reaction that I'm having. And it is one of those priceless skills because when you know what's going on inside of you, you don't have to try to fix it by changing your spouse. You just know like, oh, this is what's happening for me. I see. It's not them. <laughs> I was talking with a client today and she was sharing how she didn't handle a situation well with her husband recently. And as soon as it happened, she knew exactly what was going on inside of her. And, you know, she was like, I was just overwhelmed. I had been, you know, without help with our child, their babysitter was away for a few weeks. And so she was just overwhelmed. 
that is exactly what was happening to her. It wasn't that her husband was doing something wrong. She was just like, I was overwhelmed and I overreacted out of overwhelm. So when you're self-aware, you know that, right? And we celebrated the awareness because now, right? In hindsight, it's like, oh, I just need to make sure I have the support I need, (laughs) right? Simple as that. Literally, we'll save you so many arguments, so many days upset with each other when you have self-awareness. The second component of knowing that you've mastered self-awareness is you see your impact on your partner. You know, oh, when I said this, this is the impact it had on her. Or when I did this, this is the impact it had on him. Right? And so you see your partner at a whole different level. Okay? So once you have self-awareness, then you can move into the skill of personal responsibility. Right? Again, we often think of this as like a trait as, oh, they don't ever take responsibility for things. They're always blaming other people. Right? We think of that as just like an inherent character trait of people. But it's a skill that can be developed, right? And so when you do develop the skill of personal responsibility, you not only see your impact on your partner, which you developed through your self-awareness, you're now willing to take ownership of that impact, right? It's like, oh, I created this tension because of how I showed up because of an assumption I made, because of how I made this request. I can take ownership of my impact. When you have mastered personal responsibility, you also recognize what are your own priorities and what is your own leadership potential. So let me explain that. When you are willing to just take responsibility for the things that are important to you, that's when you're owning your priorities. Classic example, we talked about this so much at the Better Together Couples event. One of you may really like the house, very neat and tidy, and the other may care less about that. For the person who wants it to be very neat and tidy, that is your priority. It's something that's very important to you for wonderful reasons that I'm sure you love, right? Let's just assume that. (laughs) And when you are operating out of personal responsibility, you don't need your partner to value the neatness and tidiness as much as you do. You just own it. And you step into your leadership potential there, meaning you take leadership of it. Now, that doesn't mean that you are cleaning everything unless you choose to, but it does mean that you are choosing to be the leader of it, right? There was a point in our home, marriage, life, where my husband really chose to be the leader around keeping the house neat and tidy the way that he would like it. So he was the one that took it upon himself to look into housekeeper and those things, right? He didn't make me need to do it. 
He just took leadership and ownership and he knew that was his priority and he didn't need to force it on me and he made it his personal responsibility. Okay. The other piece of this personal responsibility is also you see yourself as capable of creating the experience you want to have. So you're responsible for it. This is one of the first messages I delivered at the opening of the event that everybody there was responsible for creating the experience they wanted to have. Their partner didn't have to create the experience that they wanted to have. They did. And so when you're operating out of personal responsibility, you just roll with that. And you know it's your responsibility to create the experience you want to have, right? All right. The third skill is empathy and compassion. And for the purposes of this podcast episode, I'm going to lump them together. They're not exactly the same, but in many partnerships, there is a need or a desire for more empathy to be present, And so I want you to look at it as a skill, right? And when you have mastered the skill of empathy and compassion, you're able to understand how your partner feels and you don't judge them and you're not offended and you're not defensive about their emotions. Just not. You're like, oh, I get it. I see how you feel that way. You don't have to agree, but it's just understanding it, being able to acknowledge it, right? And it could be described as basically having a peaceful coexistence with their experience, right? So if they feel dismissed or neglected by you, When you have empathy and compassion, you can understand how they would feel that way. Even if you don't agree, you can still understand, oh, that could be your experience. I see how if you thought about it that way and if you saw things that way, I can see how that's how you would feel. And you don't judge them about that. You don't become offended. Like, well, you shouldn't feel that way, right? That's demonstrating lack of empathy, Or be defensive and just offer a lot of rationale and reasons why you're doing what you're doing. No, when you are empathetic and compassionate and demonstrating that as a skill, you understand. You're not resisting their experience. You're not dismissing it. You're just sitting next to it and noticing it. You're not judging it. You're not telling them they should feel differently. You're just like, oh, that's what's here. Okay. I understand. I understand how you feel that way, right? And what's so beautiful and amazing about this skill in a marriage is it allows you to be with your partner and just be with what they are going through. And I want you to think about that because all of us in life and for sure in marriage, just want to be supported and held and seen. 
And so when you have empathy and compassion, it doesn't mean that you have to do anything about how they feel necessarily. It doesn't mean that you have to endorse it. You can just be with it and be with them in it. There's nothing like that in the world, literally. All right, number four, problem-solving skills. I love this one. (laughs) I love them all, actually. So when you have problem-solving skills, you get to the root issues and solve for the right thing happening. At the event, I talked about surface-level awareness, where you're arguing about very surface level things, you're trying to solve very surface level problems, and it still leads you to being stuck. But when you have mastered problem solving skills, you see clearly what is the root issue and you solve for that, right? When you have problem solving skills, you are also more creative in the solutions. You're more expansive in the solutions, meaning you have a lot of different options for how to work through whatever is getting in the way. You also don't view your challenges as problems. If you're a master at solving problems, it's never an issue that there are problems to solve. You may need to rewind that. Because I don't think I can say it exactly like that again. But the sentiment is when you are a master at solving problems, it's never an issue when you have problems to solve. Right? So you can have problems in your marriage, but you're a master problem solver. So it's okay. It doesn't mean that the marriage is falling apart. It doesn't mean that you're not well suited together. It doesn't mean that you married the wrong person. It's just something to figure out. And that is so important, right? You have to have the belief that there is a way to figure it out. That is when you've mastered problem solving. And then the last, communication. I stacked these intentionally in this way, right? So self-awareness first, personal responsibility, empathy and compassion, problem-solving skills. When you have that as a foundation, when we get to the communication skills, it is easy peasy, right? So many people want to start with the communication skills first, but it takes all these other pieces to be able to really genuinely have the level and type of communication that you want. So when you've mastered your communication skills, you are vulnerable and able to share what's really going on with you because you have self-awareness. So you can communicate that easily, right? And you can also listen to what your partner is sharing or offering without reacting negatively, right? Because you're taking responsibility and you're also being with them in their experience. When you have mastered communication skills, you feel seen and heard by your partner while also doing that for them, right? So 
when you're able to communicate clearly what's going on for you, what you would like, your partner understands, right? Their defenses aren't up when you're being vulnerable. But when you haven't mastered communication skills and you're reacting out of your negative emotions and you're using language that creates the experience of defensiveness, you're not going to feel seen and you're not going to feel heard. And you're definitely not going to be able to offer that to your partner. And then the last piece of when you've mastered communication skills is there's never a need to prove your point. I cannot tell you how many times in conversation I notice something that I'm like, no, that's not right. I don't agree with that. That's the wrong way, right? Like that's the conversation in my head, but I never feel compelled to say it, right? Not because I'm like holding it in, but it's like, I don't need to be right. I don't need to prove my point. Like this is about being with someone else in their experience, It's fine that they feel that way. It's fine that that's the way they see the situation. I'm not offended by that. I don't need to prove my point, right? So there you have it. This has been a longer than intended conversation, (laughs) but I think it's so valuable. And I want you to just sit with the idea that some of the things that you're struggling with in your marriage are just gaps in skills. They're not flaws in your partner or yourself that can't be changed. They're just skills that need to be noticed and worked on. That's it. As simple as that. And if you're ready to work on these skills, if you want to master self-awareness, personal responsibility, compassion, and empathy, problem-solving skills, and communication skills, I am 100% the coach for you. I am currently accepting couples to work with in my private coaching program, which is six months of weekly coaching. This is something that you and your partner will do together simultaneously, right? So the way that I operate my practice is many of the sessions we would have would be individual sessions where we would meet all three of us many times and also many more times we're meeting individually because everybody has their own work to do within these skills. I want to create a safe space for everybody to thrive at the level that they need to thrive. So if that is something you are ready for, because you want to love your marriage, you want to thoroughly enjoy your life together, you want to be the couple you want to be, then what you will do is you will go to my website, drshavon.com. You will click the tab, work with me. You will schedule a complimentary call where we will have a two-way conversation and make sure that we are an amazing fit to work together. Then you will get all of the logistics for getting started with me as your personal private coach. 
So again, drshavon.com, click the work with me tab, and I will talk with you there. And in the meantime, have a wonderful week. I will be back with you next week for another episode. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.